Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Set to the brand of moving and storage hotlines and bring in Babe Laufenberg, Dallas Cowboys Network color commentator. He joins us now. Babe, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Wes? Well, I'm still disappointed we're not going to be listening to you and Brad this weekend. I haven't <laughs> gotten over that yet, but besides that, I'm okay. Yeah, that was uh, that was a little disappointing for us too, especially Wes, because we get basically paid by the game. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was a little bonus check to cover all those Christmas gifts that we we probably overspent on. <laughs> Players get the playoff checks. The broadcasters get the playoff checks too. Yes, yes. Everybody, everybody, everybody wins. Uh, let's start with the uh, 49ers and the Rams. To me, I mean, it's like, I, I like the Rams in this game. And then, and everybody, you know, you start reading about the 49ers beating them six straight times. Yeah. What Do they just have their number? What's going on there, babe? You know, it's funny, Wes. I am not a gambler. Um, I guess, especially when it comes to the NFL. I don't think I'm allowed to, number one. But number two, who could ever predict what's going to happen? You just can't. I mean, the ball bounces a funny way. I'm sure, I don't even know the line on the Buffalo-Kansas City game, but I'm sure guys were winning, and then 10 seconds later you're losing, and then you're winning, and then you're losing. <laughs> and so I just want to enjoy the game. But when you look at it, what would it better say, Wes? Do you say, as a, as a gambler, do you say, okay, San Francisco has beaten the Rams six straight times. In four of those games, the Rams were favored. They beat them twice this year. When both teams had to win on the last game of the season in week 18, game 17, I always hate that, uh, the 49ers beat them. So do you say the 49ers have their number as a gambler, or do you say the Rams are just too good of a team and Sean McVay is too good of a coach to lose seven straight times to the same team? So how, how does it fall? I don't know. I asked the same question and put it in a different gambling aspect. You walk by the roulette table and you see that blacks hit seven straight times. You got to put your money on red, right? Because it's not going to happen again. Yeah, you do. It's just like obviously the coin flip because it was 10 straight heads. <laughs> you know that it doesn't change the outcome of the next coin flip. It's the 50 50 proposition. But in, in the back of your mind, you say, okay, it can't, can't be heads 11 straight times. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be uh, you know kind of fascinating to watch, and I don't think anybody, if you were to when this thing started uh, the playoffs, if you had said it's going to be Rams San Francisco um, in a rematch of Week 18, I think most people would have said, "Oh, you're crazy! You got Brady over there in Tampa playing at home, you got Rogers playing at home in Green Bay," but here we are. So uh, I'm just here's the downside, West. After those four games that we all saw over this past weekend. Mm-hmm. There's no way these games can live up. You're going to say, well, that was that was good. That was a good game, but it wasn't like last week. Because <laughs> those were just phenomenal, as we all know. I got uh, into a, a, a talk with a friend on Twitter, a uh, follower on Twitter, and, and he was talking about the play with the Rams at the end of the game, Cooper Cup. You know, they, they blitz, they hit Cooper deep over the middle, big gain, puts the, the Rams in field goal position. Everybody's running down the field. And all of a sudden, the uh, that deep, uh, the deep judge back there comes and spots the ball. It wasn't the umpire from way back behind had, that had to run and play catch up. It was that it was that that deep judge back there puts the ball in play. Yeah, and, uh, typically, as we know, as we probably find out found out this weekend, you know, the umpire is the one that spots the ball, but the back judge on a long pass play can come up 
and, and do that. Um, but typically it's going to be the umpire. But, again, that was a 44-yard completion, I believe, and guys are 50 yards downfield. And so the umpire, you know, if he's behind that quarterback, he's got a 60-yard run down there. Um, the, the Cowboys thing was just it was just a weird uh, turn of events. And even if the umpire could have just come up and spotted it, I mean, he knocked off. Back off. The Cowboys were in a spike deal, so he couldn't get through the center guard gap because there was no gap because they were like foot to foot there. And, you know, we, we, we saw what happened, but I, I mean, gosh, that, that doesn't happen. I, I can't remember it ever happening where the umpire couldn't get through. I'm sure it has. But many times, too, that umpire will circle around the offensive line. So he would have come in from the left, mm-hmm. gone around him to get the ball just spotted, touched, you know. So. It just made me wonder. Uh, I mean, Dak ran it for, what, 20 yards? I mean, that back judge yeah, had to be right the 40, there. It, he had to be a lot closer. From the 40 to the 24. Yeah. To me, he's closer than the uh, the, the umpire back there. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I'd have to look at the tape, and I'm going to do that after we hang up. But that back judge is the deepest guy mm-hmm. under the goalpost, so there's a good possibility with the Cowboys running down that uh, who knows, I don't know if he was in, in the end zone which would have meant he would have had a 24-yard run to get to it. But, um, again, the, the Rams was such a long pass play that yeah. I think he was basically in position because he's, he's watching that play for, obviously, pass interference at the end of the thing and the catch and all that. So he was, he was on top of that one as opposed to a quarterback draw like the Cowboys were. Got Babe Loffenberg with us. He's on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Chiefs. And Burrow and the Bengals, man, this is going to be a fun game. We've seen some great quarterback play in the last couple of weeks, but uh, I think this is going to be a lot of fun, babe. What do you? I, I need good news from you, babe. That's <laughs> all I, this is Joe Klein. I'm a Chiefs fan. I need. I don't want any negativity. I want to hear some good news. <laughs> you want some good news? <laughs> yes, please. You want some good news? Yeah. You've got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. Thank you. I mean, how much better does it get? <laughs> How much better does it get than that? Not not much, not much. Oh man, I, I was just on with a uh, a friend, an NFL guy, and I mean, literally just talking on the phone, not not on the radio show or anything. But I just I marveled, I really did, at you know the, the performance that both Josh Allen and Mahomes put on. And I was talking about the fact that hey, Andy Reid's a great coach. I think everybody would acknowledge that. But Patrick Mahomes made. 15 plays, not not two or three. He made 15 plays in that game that he just made on his own. Uh, and there were plays that only he and Josh Allen yeah. <laughs> could yeah. make. And so you drop all this stuff, and then even his running, you know, when they, they when uh, Buffalo was dropping back in coverage on third down, he screwed up, run for the first down. He just, and the, I mean, he just they had an answer for everything. But the biggest answer was obviously Mahomes and, and gosh, Josh Allen. I mean, how do you look at? How do you say? Yeah, that's the losing quarterback over there. It's like, well, wait a minute. I just, I just watched him play maybe one of the greatest games I've ever seen. Yeah, well, he lost because you know what? The other guy didn't play one of the greatest. He may have played the greatest. So that was so much fun. So it's much like, fun to watch those guys. And it's going to be the same. I think with Joe Burrow, who, by the way, write this down. Okay, take this note. So when the draft comes along, Joe Burrow's hands measured nine inches. Okay, that's a deal breaker for a lot of teams. <laughs> so, and I've never been a guy. I always say, just I don't care what the hand size is. Watch the way the ball comes out of it. You know, I had big hands. I had my hands are just under eleven, but 
You want me or you want Joe Burrow as your quarterback? <laughs> well, I, think, I think you want Joe Burrow. <laughs> Joe Klein, you're what about 12, 13? Yeah. Your hands? Hell, I should have been Are an they? NFL quarterback. <laughs> Are they? Yeah. So, but I'm amused. I'm amused when, uh, and it happened here with a, a situation in Dallas. Uh, oh, gosh. 10, 15 years ago, I was talking to a personnel guy, and there were two quarterbacks. And I said, I, I was on the side of, I won't mention names, cause, but I was on the side of the one. I said, hey, this guy is your guy. Wait, we got to have and, names, babe. Come on, well, And he was competing for the backup spot, right? They were competing for, like, a roster spot. And he said, well, did you see that, you know, he, this guy's tall, and he's, look at the hands on him. And I'm like, I don't care about the hand. What's the way the ball comes out? Well, the one guy basically had no career, and the other played for 10 or 11 years in the NFL. <laughs> the guy with the small hands, by the way. What's your uh, Abby, What's your take on all the overtime talk, babe? I mean, what, what's your take on that? The, yeah, the re- restructure uh, or whatever. I, I think there's always something that happens in these rule changes or in this it would be game, a game change, if you will, that there's always a particular play or something that leads to, like Roy Williams, right? He kept breaking people's legs by the horse collar tackle, mm-hmm. which wasn't a horse collar tackle at the time, but then it became a penalty and it's horse collar. So they said, okay, this isn't good for a guy to tackle, roll up on the back of a guy, break his legs. Jason Witten in Philadelphia, remember the play? He got his helmet ripped off, and he kept running downfield. Yep. yep. <laughs> I mean, kind of that iconic moment for, for Jason Witten where he, he just said, oh, I, I was like, I was in the booth here. We're calling the game. I was just kind of like, oh, wait, get down, get down. I mean, they're trying to tackle him. They're, he's dragging people. He's got no helmet. So they changed that rule that when your helmet comes off, the ball is dead at the spot where the helmet comes off. So – Looking at this game, long way of getting to it, I apologize. I think everybody wanted to see Josh Allen with the football in his hands again, and they felt cheated. Mm-hmm. Not, not like Bills fans, but I mean, I just think you as a fan watching felt cheated that you didn't get to see Josh Allen match Patrick Mahomes, which obviously we had seen all game long. Now the question is, there's always unintended consequences of rule changes. So the minute you say, well, we'll just do this, it's like, well, okay, well, what happens if this? So obviously people want to see each team have the ball twice. I mean, excuse me, each team gets the ball. So I guess you start there. How do we figure out a way that each team gets the ball? They don't want to play a 30-minute overtime. So I hate the college rule, by the way, where you put the ball at the 25 and we go from there. hate that because, it, number one, it takes out uh, really virtually uh, all your special teams except for field goal and extra point. But now we don't have a kickoff. We don't have a kickoff return. We don't have a punt. We don't have a punt return. Shoot, if you had those rules in place, um, San Francisco doesn't beat Green Bay because they blocked the punt for a touchdown. So I think I, I like to see all those things come into play, which college football over time does not give you. Mm-hmm. But if you give them each, and I'll, I'll, I'll solicit you guys here too, you give them each a possession, so obviously, if I kick a field goal, you score a touchdown, you win. We, we've got a score going at that time. And then at the end of each possession, that becomes where, where, how do you handle that? So I come down, my team A kicks a field goal, team B kicks a field goal. Now it's kind of sudden death. So is that a good way to decide it? I could live with that. I think, 
but yeah, you know, then I look at this game from Sunday, babe, and these defenses were gassed. I mean, they've been running oh, up God. and down the field. I, 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 whenever they flipped the coin, I was like, whoever wins this going to win the game. I, yeah. I really yeah. felt that way. But if it, we had the rules that you just suggested, I think Josh Allen, mm-hmm. Buffalo gets the ball. They drive down, score a touchdown, and then Kansas City gets the ball back. They're going to go down and score, and the game's then, over. Then it's the same say, result. Yeah. It's, like, it's like the NCAA basketball tournament. If you go to 76 teams – there's going to be 77 through 85 are going to be saying this is not fair. Yeah. <laughs> right, I mean, exactly. it, just, yeah. it never ends. Yeah. It, it'll never end. Well, here's, here's a question I have for you and your listeners. Think, think this one through for a minute. Okay, so now we go to, let's just say, boom, competition committee meets this spring. They say, here's how we're going to do playoff overtime. Each team will get a possession. If it's still tied after each possession, it goes to sudden death. Okay? Do you flip a coin again? You flip a we coin. go to overtime. We go to that first overtime. We flip the coin. You win the toss. You want the ball first? No. Or do you want to take off and take it second? I want a second. That way, I know what I got to do on offense. If if I hold them to a field goal, then I want to know you know what I need to do to win. Right. But okay, exactly. I, I, I was thinking the same thing. Counter to that, though. Ready? If you did it that way in this last game, Kansas City scores a touchdown, Buffalo comes right back. If I, if I were Buffalo and I had said, no, we're going to kick off because we're going to mm-hmm. – I would have never seen the ball in that sudden death overtime. Make sense? Yeah, so so you stay with, like, if Kansas City wins the toss, they get it first. That Buffalo comes down and scores again, then Kansas City gets the ball. Yeah, on the one hand, I want to say, I want to know what I need here. Do yeah. I need a field goal? Do I need a touchdown? Do I need a touchdown and a two-point if you wanted to so you can conti- So what you're saying, babe, is you continue it in the overtime. Both of them get a possession, but it stays alternating possessions. You don't – You know what I'm saying? If, it, if, if, if it's tied after those – each team has a possession, right. be it at three, at seven, at zero. Right. That team that gets the ball again – now has the advantage because it could just be like a regular overtime where you score and the other right, team gets the you, ball how do you for the de- second time. How do you to determine who gets the ball again is what I'm saying. Does it go Kansas City, Buffalo, Kansas City because Kansas oh, City – Oh, you're saying, yeah, yeah, you do another coin flip. Yeah, how, how do you – Good question. Because yeah, that, that was my point about – He does all these things. Right, again, that, now, now it's going to be jo- Mahomes got the ball twice and Josh Allen only got the ball once. once. It's never going to end. Right. If I'm Buffalo, I yeah. go for two. And then right. we don't yeah. go to another yeah. overtime. No, yeah. We either win yeah. it or lose it. Yeah. yeah, It's so funny, too, when you talk about going for two. and you know, All the decisions that coaches, head coaches, have to make today that they didn't have to make 10, 20, 30 years ago. Um, before, there was a, I don't know when the time came, but if you go back, Jan Stinnerud, Jan Stinnerud, who was a Kansas City Chiefs kicker in the 60s and probably through the mid-70s, maybe even through the 70s. But anyway, he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Okay? He, he converted 68% of his field goals. Wow. <laughs> 68%. Yeah, yeah. But back then, the ball, if you missed the field goal, the ball came to the 20. It was basically a touchback. So you could try a 65-yard field goal, hmm. and you knew you were going to get the ball to 20. Unlike today, where you try one from 65, the other team's getting the ball to your 45. So there's all these things that coaches have to think about, the two-point, the challenge flag. Uh, Squid I mean, kick. the list goes on and on of things that <laughs> Prevent defense. never. 
Well, there are things that you never worried about. Tom Landry, rest his soul, never have to worry, do I go for one or two here? So, you know, you never got vilified at the end because you went for two to try to win it. Why would you do that? And even now, you saw, hey, Tennessee, yeah. they, they convert the PAT. There's a penalty. They put it to the one. They said, well, then we're going to go for two on this penalty. And they don't get in. And now everybody is, again, vilifying Vrabel for taking the point off the board and all that. So these head coaches have a lot on their plate. And this will be, this. I, I guarantee you, this is going to be one more where they get to the competition committee in the spring and they institute a new rule for uh, NFL playoff overtime. Babe, thank you. Thank you, babe. We okay, held you guys, a little longer, I know, than you, you thought, but we enjoyed the time. No, that was great. Good. I'm good. And, hey, let's do this. When the competition committee meets in the spring and they come out with a new rule, let's talk again and tear it apart. Deal. <laughs> Done. Okay. See you guys. Babe Laufenberg.